Hey everybody, I need you to know this is not an investment advice podcast, okay? The host goal is simply to unravel some of the mystery of what the stock market is and how it works, but not how to invest in it, all right? Now that being said, enjoy the show. Well, as my mother used to say, invest like no one's watching. To the paper jam. Yeah, let's do the paper jam. To the paper jam. Nothing's real, the money's fake. To the paper jam. I said do the paper jam. To the paper jam, oh baby, do the paper jam. Star-Spangled Banner. Yep. Uh, you're supposed to sing Old Lang Syne. No, no, no. New Year's is an American holiday. Yes, fuck yeah. Um, happy New Year. Thank you. <laughs> Ken. It's December 15th. Hey, <laughs> don't peel the curtain back behind the wall. Um, peel the curtain back. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so, dis- <laughs> I am so, I'm, for some reason, I'm so distracted. As soon as we, as soon as you start doing the national anthem, or the Star Saga Bear, I was getting too distracted to focus on what I was even doing. Ken, happy almost new year. Thank you. Do you have, I think, I'm not going to get too much into it, but I've talked a lot over the holiday spectacular of my new year's resolution that I want to be more intentional and punctual and decisive. Those are the things that I'm actively working on. I'm constantly trying to battle this thing in my head that says it's a good time. I was going to be here early today, which I was technically, but it's because we pushed the time back. I still (laughs) was trying to be early. I showed up six minutes late. But anyway, but that's my thing. I'm working on it all the time. Ken, do you have a New Year's resolution? Now that the listeners know it's only the 15th, you still have time to think. I think, uh, yeah, my my New Year's resolution is pretty, um, I think, pretty classic. What what is that parks and recreation thing? Don't half ass a, a hump, couple things, whole ass one thing. Yeah, that's that's good. I think advice. that's my general philosophy, especially coming to Los Angeles. I've, I've only been here for five months, and like I hit the ground running. That's at, fucking crazy. At, at that's a, a really, time. really, I would say, uh, unsustainable pace. Yes. Um, and <laughs> I got a lot done, but also just I started feeling like I just want to do like the things I care about well, and that's all you can do. You know, I feel like sometimes, if, like, uh, I have some friends who, now that I've moved to Los Angeles, have been asking me about Los Angeles, and I'm like, you, there's an infinite list of things to do, and um, you just have to choose the ones you want to do, yeah. and then do them, and then go to bed to keep your sanity. <laughs> and the other ones are just to, like, uh, I think uh, I created a list of these things that I, I like, prioritize in my life, like health and writing. And I just want to do a little bit of each thing every day, not try and win every category every day. You know, yes, it's better to go for a, a 15 minute run than it is to try and run an hour every day. A hundred percent running for three and a half hours one day on, on January, do it. <laughs> January 1st. And Break then, your legs. And, yeah. And then never running again. Or yeah. Or like breaking your legs. Is nothing compared to making the habit of doing every day. What what is what is a habit you think that you've actually got? Do you have? Sometimes I get so down on myself that I'm like, there's not one good thing that I do. Consistently. Oh, stop that! No, 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 I'm not. I'm not looking for for that. But like, oh, stop! <laughs> I'm it. not looking for that. Keep it going. You piece <laughs> of shit. Come on. Um, do you have any habits that you know off the t- off the cuff that you like are most consistent with? That I'm consistent with? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, they're all... And don't say sitting on the toilet, because I know you got that one down. (laughs) Uh, I I can't believe that worked out as well as it did. I was like, sometimes uh, I've said to the last guest we had, I just kind of paw at this machine and hope that it works. What what is a habit that you've got that you've got down? Eating garbage. (laughs) Do you you think you have anything? Yeah, I do. I I think uh, you have a lot of good rituals. No, they're all yeah, but I have a problem. They're all work. (laughs) I'm very good at like doing nothing but work, and then wake up and be like, why am I miserable and like feel sick? (laughs) So I'm good at like. like, you know, I like to this point, like I'd even be like, man, I've been working on like comedy to the point where like, I don't know if I, what's funny anymore. Like, yes, just my brain is like, is this even I don't when someone's like, so what do you like being like? I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know anymore. <laughs> that's the hardest the thing. matrix of jokes. That's the hardest thing I feel like about when comedy and stuff like that is that it's supposed to be fun, that it's like. And at the at its core, it it should be. It's like the point is for it to be fun. But at the end of the day, if you work hard enough on it and long enough on it, it's just like a you get worse at it. I feel like if you stop living your life altogether. But then B, it's just like, well, then what am I fucking supposed to do for for real fun? If the fun is, yeah, it's a it's a nice way to get your brain fucking scrambled. I got two things for you. I, I I'll recommend this book I that uh, I've been reading called uh, How to Be an Artist by Jerry Saltz. Great book. Uh, and in it, he just talks about remembering that when you make stuff, if you want to be in the creative field, just focus on the making and mm-hmm. not what happens with it or like the conception of it. Like the job Ooh. of the artist is to make and that's it. Like that's pretty get good. up, make and do a, to be present. And that's been helpful to be like, oh, what's going to happen with this thing I make? And oh, should I be making this kind of thing? And be like, just write what you want to write. Anyways, but to your point, I have every day been trying to not eat at night, like late at night. No Jesus. more like, like I no eat, snacking. I eat dinner at seven and then I'm done. That's it. <laughs> and folks, I'll tell you, I've been shitting like a monster. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> shitting like a monster. I'm screaming. Moira's called the cops. 911. Huh? What are you doing? I see you. Uh, no, scroll through the sound effects. I was screaming. Okay. Well, Ken, this isn't a show where we talk about how much rice pudding you're shooting out your ass. What is this show? <laughs> rice pudding. <laughs> I don't know. Discreet chunks. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, how are you doing with that? You're not eating at night? That's a bold move. Not eating at night. Uh, yeah, I think it's like light intermittent fasting. Like I wait to eat breakfast until a little bit later in the morning, and then I eat an earlier dinner. And I've been like doing some form of exercise for 15 minutes to 30 minutes every day, just trying to like... That's it. If I can get, sustain that, then you can do bigger things. Can I tell you my habit that no! I remembered? Okay. <laughs> no, please, of course. Yes. Someone's not an morning person. <laughs> I cannot my, wait to get our guest opinion of this because I'm not sure he was briefed on it. <laughs> He's leaving. <laughs> no, no, no. I, in the one podcast I listened to, you were both so excited about this new machine. I and I can see that you've blossomed. <laughs> it's like the excitement level is still exactly the same. I, yes. had, I had people reach out and be like, yeah, you really like that thing, don't you? <laughs> like no one's ever said they like it. People are like, you like In it. a perfect world, me and you would be wearing Oakley's backwards hats, like leather jackets, <laughs> and it would be a morning radio show. Yes, that's – and honestly – Hire us. Someone should hire us to do that. I'll move to like Milwaukee or something. I won't. Come on. We're having fun. But Ken, this isn't a you, show where no, we're talking you, about rice you were going to say you had something. My one habit that I do, I have a while ago started doing. Well, first of all, I stole your thing of uh, Kenny's really great as he. Her name is Moira. Stop. <laughs> She's my thing now. Um, no. Canceled. Come on. We're having fun. Um, 
No, you turned me on to using the, the uh, on the notes app, you can do a to-do list yes. and have a check mark. So I made, um, I made a, like a, well, first of all, I made two morning routine checklists and I have morning routine and then morning routine express. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, an app in the iStore? Like Come on. The iStore? Look the at I me. Hey, why am I biasing the iStore? <laughs> 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 no, so I have morning routine and morning routine express. So morning routine is obviously like <laughs> what you wanted, what you wish you would do. It's morning like, routine express. Well, I, I, I that was I was so it costs two ninety nine extra a day, but it gets it done fast. I was actually very, I was like laughing too myself. I was very excited that I thought of. Uh, <laughs> I feel so bad for Kevin. We're like we're gonna rip for two minutes. It's ten minutes into the show. <laughs> But okay, we're gonna do this. We can do this. So I was excited about morning routine express. So there's two different morning routines I have. Right. Like, obviously, you would like to get up, go for a run, stretch, make breakfast, drink water, like read whatever the fuck you want to do. But then I have a second one that it's like if I'm running, if I'm very tired, if I can only sleep for like three hours or something. There's still I can't a, you branded it. Like, come on. Okay. Yeah. No, it, it it's important, and I go in my app, and it's like. I like checking the things off, and there's one of like, even if I only slept for two and a half hours, what's the bare minimum? Mm. Um, one of them that's on both lists is like slam a whole bottle of water, and a big one that has been a habit that I've actually now realized I've been doing for a long time now is turning on all the lights in my house. Sometimes, because I work remote, <laughs> turn around all the like wasting energy not quite like that but like sometimes I have work stuff that I'm like I wake up and I'm like oh oh my god okay and I run over my computer and then like I'm working on stuff till like 11 45 and then I look around and it's like the cover on my couch because my cat has peed on the couch before we have a cover on the couch at night I was like the cover is still there the like lights are all off in my house and it's just kind of a mess so like now in the morning I get up I like drink an entire bottle of water as I'm walking around, like turning on the kitchen lights, turning on the office lights, like opening the windows, opening the curtains, take the thing off. And it's, it's a nice way to start my day. That's if I have one advice to anyone in their third, like entering their thirties, it's just to wake up earlier. That's it. <laughs> like if I had a big, but what about you when you're getting drunk until 3am like me and I don't feel like waking up, <laughs> then you start taking speed. Yeah. I would love to start taking speed. You'll can... die young, but Hey, it's <laughs> the price of living. Don't do that. Anyways, this isn't a show about that. No, God, no. <clears throat> um, what? <laughs> what are you doing? I was, no, I was looking at Morning Routine Express. Ken, this isn't a show about Morning Routine Express. It's not a show about the rice pudding in the in the. God damn it! Okay. What? What's this show about? Well, over a year and a half ago, we started with $10,000 of fake money in a paper trading platform, and every single week, we randomly move it from one stock to the next. Last week, our money was in Airbnb, yep. and this week, our money is in Zillow. Zillow. And to join us to talk about Zillow, he's been patiently waiting. <laughs> it's comedy writer, improviser, all-around good guy. Give it up for Kevin McNulty. Yes. Hi, Welcome everyone. to the show, Kevin. I want to first and foremost apologize. As I said before we started this show, we were having a really great conversation <clears throat> with Kevin. And you guys will find why I'm so excited to have him on the show and why I think he's so interesting. I was like, this is like, you're going to be such an interesting guest. You may be like one of the most interesting guests 
we've ever had was what I was saying in my head. And now I feel bad that you came on and I spent the first 11 minutes talking about rice pudding and morning routine express. I'm sorry. It's okay. I can tell everyone who I ask to listen to this, just <laughs> go to minute 11. Probably only go to minute like 30, if I'm being honest. <laughs> We're going to take a bit. But oh, I have so many questions, Kevin. Do you, have any, do you have any good habits, any morning routines? Do you have a New Year's resolution? So on your first question, yes, I became really into morning routine and habits uh, when I moved out here to L.A. I am not naturally an organized person whatsoever. And so uh, like a self-aware baby, I just have a lot of structure (laughs) um, to keep me working on things. And so I have a checklist. I used to do apps like different programs, but I have a physical checklist I make. And so every day I get up and I like have the things to check off. The morning routine is always the same. Um, and then I have other things to do for the day. And then at the end, I like go through the things I made. And then I have like a monthly grid at the end. And for all the habits that are repeating, I'm like, how many do I get in the month? Uh, which doesn't really hold me accountable in any other sense than just, <laughs> I know I'm going to have to do like the shameful unchecked box. Oh, mm-hmm. I guess I did this two times this month. Yeah. And to be honest, it's less the negative. It's more the positive. Like I do, I get what you I get a lot of excitement out of crossing off my boxes oh yeah and having the end of the month be like oh wow i crossed a lot of boxes that month do you think it's a universal thing i because i I do the exact same thing and i often say the same thing if i'm i'm naturally a hyper disorganized person so the only and i've had jobs in the past where i have to be very very organized the only way i'm able to do it is like i have to be treat myself like a baby and be hyper organized and make all these systems but does do you think everybody gets the amount of joy that it sounds like you and I have of like crossing something off a list or like knowing that you did the routine. I think not. I know people who don't, I know a lot of people, my, my fiance, for instance, she is, uh, able to do a lot more stuff than me without the checklist. Really? I I wonder if part of that, because my fiance is the same way and it feels like the difference is, is that like, there is like an unquestioning value to those items on the list where it's like, get up, make bed. Like, and it's yeah, like yeah. you make the bed because that's what you do. It's good. And like me, I instantly enter a negotiation. Like, well, why? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. We could, we just could leave it. Like I have to like, I have to do it to be like, I will feel good. But yeah. I do think that every, maybe not everyone, uh, but I think most people get a thrill. Like if, even if I need a little boost for the day, I'll write like brush teeth, Hell yeah! on my to-do list so I can be like, look at me, check it <laughs> stuff off. I both need to be my boss and my mommy in my brain, <laughs> telling myself to get these things done. I don't know. It is it is such a justifying feeling. And I also just feel like, it, it, for me too, with the, the make your bed and brush your teeth, it, like, it has to come from a point, I don't know if you guys feel this way, I have this thing that I don't know why I'm trying to verbalize it on the show, of like, my head, unless I am in a place where I'm like, saying no to certain things and taking time for myself and like planning out my life. This, my fucking head is just a like, it's like scrambling, like flying around ideas. And it's always like, I have to like send, my biggest thing is like text messages. I'm the fucking worst and I hate it. That I have like a bunch of text messages like piling up that I have to respond to. I'm like, I don't want to send a half-assed one now. Like this fantasy version of myself eventually that has like 20 minutes to sit down and just do this. We'll put a lot of time and effort into it, so I'll, I'll make time to do that. So I like the idea of the to-do list of, like, one time that version of me actually does write down of, like, it's important to make your bed because it's going to make you feel this way. And then the list is, like you said, for the dumb baby brain and me to just be like, the smart version of you said that you have to do this, so just fucking do it, and we'll, we'll figure it out from there. That's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. 
I feel like we made a lot of progress. I feel like this is good. I feel like this is good. But but Kevin, I'm so excited to have you on the show for one of many reasons. First of all, uh, I, I I know I thanked you before, but you were on our live show, the the Paper Jam Office yeah, Party, the first you, one, the first one, inaugural, uh, mm-hmm. the inaugural, and and got rave reviews. You were recognized outside by a friend of mine. Are you you remember that? And she was like, "You're the guy who wrote that joke." It yeah, was I was. The, it was my moment. It was. It was a big. It was, and you were really. And funny. you big timed her, right? You said you didn't have time. He said, <laughs> "Yeah, I don't have fucking time for this shit." You Smiled and kept walking. <laughs> oh, I thought you flicked a cigarette in her eye. <laughs> But you're really you're a really funny writer, you're a really funny performer, but I think you are the leading financial knowledgeable person that's ever been on this show. You have at least it's a, a relative crowd. finance background. Uh, I have not read through your catalog, but it is they're mostly people who have taken improv classes. <laughs> it's, it's all musical theater improv people. Yeah, I worked in finance for several years, um, in more than I expected to or probably should have. Um, and came out to LA and I'm focusing on trying to, uh, write and perform comedy full time. Yeah. But yeah, before that, I pretty much since college was working in finance. So what was the big question that we love to ask? The one piece of information people maybe can actually get from this show is what we like, we were two guys who didn't know shit about the stock market and we started the show to talk to our friends about it. What is, what is your relationship with the stock market right now? Or like, has anyone ever given you advice that you found helpful? Um, yeah, I think uh, I've heard a lot of advice, and I would say that for the vast majority of people who are dipping their toe into it, um, my main, I'd break it in two parts. One is what to do, and the second is what to do if you want to learn about it. So if you just like want a very simple thing, well, A, you shouldn't be getting your financial advice from this podcast. No, correct. There's, there's an attorney at the beginning that's, that <laughs> clears us of all this, by the but way. But my point is that you should be saving your money if you can. And if you have savings, it is probably worth a weekend of your time being thoughtful about where you're going to put it. Um, and I would recommend uh, some very basic things if you want to if you want to do simple things, I would say put it in a mixture of broad stocks and broad bonds, so like the S&P 500 and bonds, like yeah. the US 10-year and 10-year bonds. And very different than what you're doing on the show. The, what you're doing yes. on the show is probably the is furthest from what chaos? I would recommend really? in the world. Huh. Don't no, I thought... Uh, that might be why we've lost more than half of it. Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> to, be clear, to be clear what I'm saying that, I think a lot of people when they're like, oh, I'm going to put my money into stocks, they could jump to like, which stock should I put it in? Yes. And I would really strongly, it, at least for myself... I spent a lot of years working in it. Now that I'm no longer spending all my time in it, I would never trust myself to choose an individual stock. And it, yeah, I think and the premise of the show, we've kind of drifted away from it. But when we first started it, it was difficult when we, when we started the show because we were like, what if we actually try and grow the money, right? But that was... We really wanted to grow the money. I think we've just kind of given up on that dream. Well, but it was a daunting proposition because it is a lot to, like, research individual stocks, and it is, like, gambling at a certain point, and that's why we just settled on this show will be the worst investment strategy, yes. which is to put it into Build-A-Bear Workshop because that seems funny and pray, <laughs> pray to fucking God it goes to the moon. My God. Do you, like, do you... Also, the big thing I, I regret, I was like, make sure to start with the huge caveats. 
I am one person among millions who worked in finance. So for yes. all of this, again, <laughs> as much as I can recommend, if you're interested in it, go learn about it someplace else. Specifically, go to not from yeah. this or me. Go to Khan Academy. Look up finance and investment section of it. That would be my main advice. Same, same as Wrath of Khan. Same, same Khan. <laughs> same Khan. Yeah. Wow. Same Khan. Yeah, he's doing well for himself. But do you and and also like we don't want anyone to say anything of like finance is fucking weird. But, but like say it. But say it. No, no. Kenny has a story. We we had a friend who like works in this kind of world. It was like, I want to do the show. And then we were like, well, this is how the show is. He's like, I can't, he, was like, he said, I can't do any of that. I can't do anything <laughs> that lightly resembles giving any kind of advice. So I don't want that to be the case. But one thing that we've landed on, the biggest thing I think we learned, number one, the S&P 500, it's not advice, but it's, it is interesting. We also put $10,000 in the S&P 500, I think a week after we started this show. This show, we've lost almost everything and then kind of came back up. We've lost like six grand or something like that. But the S&P 500, wait, what? Uh, just quick note to self, uh, podcast idea, insider braiding. You trade stock tips while getting your hair done. Yes, I love that. Mm. <laughs> free, that's free to use. Uh, no, wait, well, don't, no, no, that's no, not free to use. Yeah. That out. That'll be our spinoff. Just do it. Just do it. Or insider grading where we make oh, food. It. Oh, grating. Like I was, cheese. I was thinking insider grading. We have our like elementary school <laughs> teachers like grade our show. Yeah. <laughs> One thing we learned, the S&P 500 is interesting. We've, we've gained quite a bit of money since we started the show. But also, Kenny astutely pointed out at one point, he was like, it's what you, what you said I see all the time. It's like they make the stock market intentionally fucking misleading and difficult because they want you to go ha to hire somebody to just do it for you. Like they make it fairly confusing. Do you have any thoughts on like if you were um, an entry level investor, like where you would go to start just getting an... You said that that weekend. Take a weekend and just like read some stuff. Do you know where you would start to kind of get that understanding? Yeah. So the the Khan Academy plug was legitimate. I think I've gone through their stuff when I first started at my second job. Like I was learning more about macroeconomics, and so just very first day, they had a lot of us just binge Khan Academy videos to get the basic terminologies for people mm -hmm. who hadn't studied it before. Um, they have some really good stuff in the econ and finance section. I think it's still uh, a little bit difficult if you are coming from the outside. At least I can empathize. It's like me learning to cook where I was like, yeah, I, yeah. there's no place to start besides individual recipes and I just don't know the basics of cooking. Yeah. But unlike cooking, you can't really mess around in the kitchen with your savings. That wouldn't be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I would recommend going at the what's called portfolio theory. Um, and so this section of Khan Academy looks like it's pretty much the level that I think someone who just wants to learn a bit about how to think about savings and return and risk, not corporate finance, which is, you know, like, what's the balance sheet of this company like? Should I buy this company's debt, its stock? Yeah. That's not at all what I think the average person who just wants to put their savings away needs to know. But that is what, like, most of the literature, if you just Google finance, will lead you to. And I think that's part of the reason it's, like, kind of difficult. And so mm -hmm. I'd recommend look for anything that's geared towards uh, basics of risk and return, portfolio theory, um, and Khan Academy, I think, should be a good place to start. I I think that's great because I used to I, I used to be a teacher and we would use Khan Academy of like it it is just good it's free too right yeah. it's like it's just like good free education for folks because I I feel the same way about learning about the stock because we try we try to research these companies but just like my god it's so fucking hard it's not hard I'm just like lazy but it's like I feel the same way about learning about stocks as I there do there was about one week where we downloaded a 10k. 
one oh, week. Oh, hey, but that was kind of cool. One. <laughs> They're so long, aren't they? <laughs> They're super long. You just read the CEO's note and you go, well, this is all I need to know. <laughs> yeah. I, I just like, I feel the same way about learning about the stock market that I do about. Yeah, we can look at a balance sheet if you want. I'm I not guess, sure it'll be helpful. Like, I don't even know. Honestly, Kevin, you said macroeconomics and I got lost. I don't even know what that is. I have a quick question for you. So you were an econ major, correct? I was an econ. I, that's a generous way to put it. I was an integrated. I studied <laughs> politics, philosophy, and economics as like a combined major, and so I did. <laughs> thank you. Uh, and so I did take some econ there. Like I took some oh, micro okay. and macro. And to your point, micro econ is usually at the individual person's level. Like what okay. decisions you make as an individual. Macro is more of a study of like uh, the how a society and an economy forms at a larger level. Got it. Like markets or... Yeah. And so trade between countries aggregate like growth and inflation, whereas micro could be, you know, as a business owner, how many widgets do you make yeah. to make the most profits? So with that experience, how did you feel about business People who studied business. Because <laughs> do you hate them? Well, no, it's interesting as when because we've talked about finance, it there's a lot more like econ stuff, but like I was in the fucking Marines of business for like seven years of school and like just it, it's interesting to me to be like, oh right, that's like a different those are different worlds. Because business is more of like a shotgun. Well, there's, but I know there's like people who like were essentially enlisting to like go into the finance consulting world. But do you have like, for my own curiosity, is there a perspective of like, what were those people different than people with different backgrounds? The econ people? The business people. So. Uh, it's okay to say they were monsters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, no, I know people who it like an undergrad, maybe this is a graduate school thing. In undergrad, I knew people who studied really either econ or finance in that oh, world. Okay. I didn't have, I don't think we had a business degree. I think there was, oh, no, 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 I'm totally wrong. Yeah, we had a, we, I'm such an idiot. We had a whole school called the business school. Yeah, the first day of my business that school. That monkey cage. My very first day of business school, we were going around the room and they said, why do you want to be here? And one kid from Massachusetts just said, because I want to manage people. <laughs> I love that response. I'm like, yep, that's, that's who these people are. <laughs> We, one time, oh my God, at this company, the second place I was at this first year who uh, was just really difficult for various reasons, he also just seemed a little bit evil. Like he seemed like one of those people who just wanted to be in finance for the power and clearly was a weird guy. And at one point he was like, the interview process here was so tough. Like, I just can't wait to be on the other side of the table. Oh and we were like, yeah. you are never allowed. Yeah. You are, we were like, you are never allowed to go into the interview room. Please, no. And <laughs> sharpening a knife. <laughs> uh, get, uh, business is so fast. Like, it's so fascinating. Because I feel like that, I wonder what that person is doing now. Like, the, I feel like that, that business and finance attracts certain people like that of just, uh, I want to manage people. Or like, I want to be the, the guy that Caesar is like, yes or no to these fucking clowns. I, so I would say that person represents definitely like the stereotype. I would say that yeah. that person was way out there on the spectrum and, you know, didn't do well and was fired eventually mm. because of that, I think. Um, I I have a very pessimistic view of the overall industry. I genuinely worked with mostly really nice people, oh, which great. is I think kind of a rarity. Um, but is at least the I know the evil people are out there. I more view finance as an interesting thing where I think it is, leads to so many horrible externalities and inequalities in the world 
but it's like the sum of a lot of small mm-hmm. evils that people do rather than like the big villains in the yeah. high, high towers of the building. I think like there's even, you you know, in the business world, you get the the classic sort of bad rap of the evil CEO. And at the end of the day, most casual CEOs are just normal fuddy-duddy people trying to keep something afloat. And so, yeah, I don't know. Some, some of that like, I, you know, even my time in grad school, I met like one or two people that I was like, oh, that is Patrick Bateman. Like, that is why they are here. <laughs> but like, they were just the loudest. And like, you know, there was one kid though that I really enjoyed who was like, <laughs> like a wannabe Mark Zuckerberg type who used to like get hammered at the bar. And one day I, I came in and he was had his laptop on the bar counter. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I convinced him to let me redesign the bar's website. <laughs> like, I'm going to charge him. It's great. And he redesigned like the school bar's website. Anyways. That's interesting. Yeah. Can I ask you a, a, a totally separate question? Yes. Um, and I'll, I'll move quick. Cause you got to talk about Zilla. We're all, we're, the time is fine. We got so much stuff going on. How do you guys feel about, I did this the other day and I, I, when I lived in New York, I did this kind of a lot. I would take, I used to have a job where I had to work, honestly, constantly. There was always stuff I could be doing for my job. I would, when I lived in New York, I would do it a lot if I would go to a bar by myself and just get, get a beer and just sit and like work on my computer. And I did that again recently the other day at a bar down the street from my house because I just had so much work to do. And I was like, I want to ship gears. And, and it was like late at night. I was like, I got to get out of my house and like getting a beer sounds nice. Is that weird? Like if you go to a bar and you see someone in their computer, are you like, what the fuck are you doing? Or would you guys do this? It felt weirder out here than it felt in New York. Oh, it felt weird out here? I don't know. Like, I don't know. It was the first time I was doing it. And I was like, this feels like strange. I guess it depends on the bar too. But would I, you guys bring your computer to a bar? I think I would. I also think it's one of the things where like people think about you way less than you imagine. That's true. I don't think I would even remember if I saw someone in a bar on their computer unless I was next to them and I was also bored and I was like, yeah. I wonder what he's typing on. It was a strip club, by the way. It wasn't a bar. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a little odd. Actually, that's not odd. It was packed. No one was vaccinated. <laughs> I was sitting crisscross applesauce at the on end the of the floor? catwalk. At the end of the catwalk. <laughs> the the catwalk. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Can you keep it down? <laughs> Please be quiet. Tanya. Oh, my God. So, Mike, New York City, perfect segue into Zillow. Thank you. Uh, I think uh, Zillow, I don't know how you all found apartments, but that is my question is when it comes to apartments, how did you, when you first started living on your own, how did you find apartments and why are they so hard to find? Kevin, why don't you start? I'm, I'm curious about, because you lived in New York, you, you, you did a big move out here. How'd you find these places? Um, I, my first apartment... I lived with three other people. Two of them were friends of mine from high school, and we were all working in New York. And I wasn't the one who found it. One of them used Street Easy. Um, but essentially, I think it was just a ton of using Street Easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then out here, I think Zillow was the main thing. I remember realizing that Street Easy was just a New York thing when I started looking out here. Um, but yeah, it's frustrating. And then like choosing a couple days where you do the like marathon of trying to see a ton because you're like, this is the apartment yeah. looking day. I yeah. think it's smarter if you can to just see like w- a one a couple nights a week. Um, but anytime I've been looking for apartments, it's uh, like been a fire drill. And so it's <laughs> yeah. just a ton of binging apartments. Why Why is that? Is it because peep so many, it's just wild to me that apartments move that fast in a city of what, 8 million people? Like the fact that, housing is moving that fast. It just is like wild. 
the the renting, I think outside of the buying thing, the buying thing is buying Los Angeles buying is just as crazy. Crazy. Oh, I I I just think something's going on right now <clears throat> where somebody was like, hey, it's a great investment to invest in real estate. And then this, everyone has bought every fucking house that ever existed, and there's just no houses left. Renting is so different. It's, well, to be fair, everyone needs a second house to rent out. You need a six-figure passive income. I I, I know. <laughs> like, yeah. I it, saw it that, by the thing. way. I got on YouTube. I got some of those ad that said, do you have Airbnb downloaded on your phone? Then you're halfway already to a six-figure passive income. I was oh, like, yeah. wrong. That's impossible. <laughs> That's impossible. Come on. <laughs> what are you talking That's about? That's the person you need on this podcast. Yeah. That is the person yeah. we need on the podcast. They will give advice. They can give you should find advice. people who actually want to hawk their like penny stock idea. I like mean, you know what you should invest in next week. Yeah, yeah. That that was Kenny's biggest fear was when we started. He was like, people, I don't. And then, but what I said was, I was like, I want Kenny. We started the show, and I was like, Kenny was like, I would just feel really not okay if people started like because I was originally like. You know, we can on our Instagram like advertise the show we're gonna Invest do it next week. Along with he was us. like, I don't want anyone investing along with us and like or taking our advice. And then I said, like, the goal of the show should be make the show so fucking stupid that if anyone did invest with us and we went to court, we would be like, sir, just play five minutes of an episode of this fucking podcast. And you like, know a podcast know this idea is, is good when you need to consider the legal ramifications. <laughs> what would if we go to court? Yeah. I think about us playing back the podcast in court constantly. <laughs> it's like how much rice pudding is coming out of your ass. So, <laughs> oh. No, but the apartment thing is always so interesting to me, too, of... I can never actually tell what's going on. And like, I don't want to act like I'm, I know what's what's going on, but I was helping a friend of mine recently look for a new place. And me and my fiance, Amanda, went to this place to look at it for her. It was a pretty nice spot. It was actually a really nice spot. Not like, it was a, a nice, a very nice, like realistic place. Of like, you, you were talking about, Kevin, you go to these like, marathons looking at apartments. Like that's when you see, you're like, oh, this is like a good price, a great neighborhood, a good house. And we were talking to the lady and I was like, what's the process like of like applying? And she was like, well, please apply right away. I have nine or nine or 12 people that are already up front. So if you can get it by Monday, Amanda was like, okay, well, let's make sure our friend, I was like, there's no fucking people like, which I could have, I could definitely have been wrong. Like, of course there are people, but she was like, get it in right, right away. And my friend applied and she got it instantly. Like I was like, there's, of course I would do the same thing if I'm trying to get rid of an apartment. It's like move fast because other people are interested. But I never really understand when I'm looking for a place of like, how interested are these people? Do these people even exist? Like, I, I yeah, I don't know the the game of <clears throat> realtors or real estate agents is. Um, I, 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 how do you feel about real estate agents, Kevin? Are you comfortable around their energy? <laughs> um, I I usually enjoy it's uncomfortable, but I usually it's I get some weird or perverse enjoyment from it often because I there's a lot of like hectic just pushing you to buy the thing and convince you like that this thing is perfect for you and it's it's almost like getting your fortune read where they learn over the day what you're looking for and then yeah. find ways to sell the apartment you're going to of why you know that crack isn't a big deal for what you need and like yeah, yeah, why yeah. this nook is perfect um and uh but no, overall, it is like one of the weirder things because it's it's like a Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross type thing of like <laughs> they need to make the quota, yeah, and you're wasting your their time if you're not going to buy, if you're not going to rent, um, and so it's something that we're like it's very friendly, but can sort of flip pretty quickly if they feel like you're oh, not serious. Yeah. 
can I also just say real quick the last thing about this this apartment why I was like this is bullshit was the lady was like just go really fast there's like eight ten people looking for this place but go uh, fast but early, to not think about if it's a good idea but but before that in the middle of the day uh, Amanda was like looking at something inside and I was just I, I like I like the small chat with the, I like the small talk with the, the folks at the apartment and I was chatting I was like so who lived here before and she was like oh it was this really great girl and I was like when was when did she move out she was like August and I was like so this apartment's been open since fucking August and you have 12 people that want to buy it tomorrow like no fucking way yeah something's wrong but I do totally get if like you own real estate every month that there is not a, a renter in there that's thousands of dollars that you're you're wasting one thing i'd recommend this is a advice that can be legally given <laughs> yeah 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 is uh sometimes if that has happened something like that where it's like this thing you need to put down money now or whatever i'll just offer a lower price and be like if you if doing it now oh, is helpful yeah. and this just happened to me recently i had to get an airbnb and I just reached out and started messaging. It was like, hey, I love your place, but it's kind of more expensive than I'm looking at, which was true. If you take this much off, like I would lock it in right now. And the person just sends me a special request. And I feel like because we don't have a bargaining economy, like we forget yeah, that, that in a lot of the transactions, you probably can do it. And I think real estate is one of those ones where because the realtor has the ability to cut down the portion of the thing that they're taking, even if the seller isn't willing to move, the realtor can often do that. Um, and so maybe that's a way to test your theory. If you're like, this person's totally bluffing, they just have no other option. Yeah. Then you could always be like, Hey, I can move fast if we can cut the price a little bit. Yeah. I'm all about, I, I get so shy sometimes in those situations. I'm all about those situations, but I was in Las Vegas a while ago and my Uber driver was like, Oh, I stay at this hotel all the time. Like me and my girlfriends will go. And it's like, if you slip them a $50 bill, they'll always upgrade you to a good spot. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to do this. <laughs> I got so, I like, I, I babied out so bad. I was like there, but I was like with my friends and I was like, I really want to do this. Like slip them a 20 be like, do you have any complimentary upgrades? But I was like, I just, the, the feeling of if they said no. And in front of my friends, <laughs> I had to like put it back. But it's like, all, that kind of God. stuff is all about energy. Well, I've is, never slipped someone a 20. I've never oh, done never it. I've always fantasized about anyone? it. I've always been like <laughs> a cooler version of me would totally be walking around. The version I will do is tell Moira and I will do this. A, a great lie for a couple is it's our anniversary. Oh, that great. is like, even if it's not, what a great, we were at Disney and like, no, not Disney. Uh, where did we do it? We were at Disney the other day, but we were at, oh, we went to like a nice restaurant in Hollywood and I, they got to the table and they were like, would you like a complimentary bottle of sparkling water? We heard it's a special day. And I looked at Moira Ooh. and she was like, it's our anniversary, babe, because Dear. they don't ask you to pull out an ID to prove that. <laughs> so that's a no, fun. I, I use, I use, we just got engaged still all the time. Yeah. Hotels. Like anywhere anywhere like, are you, are you <laughs> kevin you're newly engaged like are you have you used that yet i i have used it i haven't felt like i've been abusing it yet just because it's pretty new it's within a month yeah yeah but yeah. abuse uh, that thing the uh rub it raw <laughs> the thing i found times. is i did a surprise uh sort of puzzle hunt for my fiance for the proposal mm -hmm. and in that i ended up needing to just like ask people weird <laughs> questions the favors. Yeah, favors both friends who did an amazing job helping out but also on site like we were at uh, where she went to college in the UK and there were different places that were semi-closed and I would just walk in and be like, Hey, I'm going to propose tomorrow. Like, is there any chance I could come in and like get help setting something oh, up? Oh, that's awesome. And people would go so far out of their way. Once you say you're going to propose it, I didn't expect the reaction I got Same. from almost everyone. People like wild out. I do it a lot. Like 
I, I'll buy the cheaper plane tickets that don't let you pick your seat, and then I'll go and be like, hey, I just got engaged. Like, can I sit next to my like, wife? <laughs> I do that a lot, and they, it, it, always, it always works, but they're also like, yeah, I probably would have done this anyway. But, yeah, sure, congrats. Um, uh, oh, well, there's one more Zillow question I want to ask. But I can't remember what it was. Well, How? we'll give you plenty of time to think about it when we come back. From the, the break! break! Mike, today we are discussing Zillow, actually oh. called Zillow Group Incorporated. They engage in the provision of real estate and home-related information marketplaces on mobile and the web. It operates through the following segments, internet, media, and technology, home and mortgages segment. The IMT segment includes premier agent rentals and new construction marketplaces, as well as Dotloop, display, and other advertising and business software solutions. Dotloop. Dotloop. segment includes Zillow Group's buying and selling of homes directly. The mortgages segment includes advertising mortgages. Where, why have I heard of those? Right. The financial crisis. Oh. The mortgage segment includes advertising sold to mortgage lenders and other mortgage professionals, mortgage originations through MLOA and the sale of mortgages on the secondary market, as well as more, more tech mortgage software solutions. The company was founded by Richard N. Barton and oh. Lloyd D. Frank. In December, <laughs> leave them alone. Twenty of Frank and Barton. <laughs> They're my favorite vaudeville performers. Barton and Frank, <laughs> come on and flush your dreams down the sink. <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> you know what stinks? Barton and Frank. Oh, come on. <laughs> What's that movie? It's Barton Fink. Is that what it is? Coen Brothers film. Barton Fink. Anyways, I don't know. John Turturro, Ain't John Goodman, Purple Fink, Bart. Fart out. <laughs> poop Bart out. Instinct purple <laughs> fake poop Bart out. The listed name for Z is Zillow Group Incorporated. Z? Class C. Capital stock. Z? Z. That's the ticker? Z. <laughs> Why is this not a video show? There you go. Zorro. Zorro. Um, yeah, so we invested all of our money into Zillow for one week. Um, I, I'm so I, Mike over the break you asked a hilarious question that I'd love for you to ask again so, I mean I don't like to say the name of the company because I still think I am going to the moon I don't like I don't want to do any kind of publicity to this company only way but, you're getting to the moon is in a spaceship stop buddy. <laughs> I got my head in the clouds that's for sure SpaceX Space uh, Z Z what's his name oh Zink no Who's Fink oh Fink? Barnes and Barton Fink, Fink. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it uh, freaky. Uh, no, not keep it freaky. So, speaking of home housing related, I invested, I have been slowly but surely investing in a housing related company that is just dying. Like, <laughs> it has peaked for like one second and it's been going down. And for some reason, I'm very, very conservative with my investments. But this one is like, this. the stock is so cheap. Like, every month, I'll just be like, oh, well, it was like, it was eight dollars last week. You've told me multiple times now that you're very conservative with your investments, <laughs> and I just like to say that it sounds like you are not at all. <laughs> this is just the one thing I do, and it's not big money, but it, it's a great example, I will say, of putting a little bit of money every once in a while when you're feeling like having fun. Is it? Is this you backing up to the yeah, point? Yeah. Well, it's gotten to a point where I just do little tiny bits, and now I've been doing it for two years. I'm like, okay, I officially have a lot of money in this fucking stinker. And it's not, it's not that much. But so, which led me to ask Kevin. I said, Kevin, I, I know that I know that can't happen, but like, can stocks bottom out? And if they do, what happens? Yeah. Um, this stock, by, by the way, real quick. 
once was at $22 and today is at $1.20. Yeah. So your actual question was like, can is it possible that a stock can bottom out? Yes. And I at first thought you meant like, is there a way you can tell when it hits bottom and it goes up? But oh, your, no, your question no, no, no. was like, can it go to zero? And my answer is yes. For everyone who is thinking <laughs> about investing in my stocks, water off? yes, they can, they can go to zero. How often does this happen? Um, I mean, so when you hear about bankruptcy, assets. when you hear yeah, about yeah, a company yeah. filing bankruptcy, yeah. this is usually what happens. I'm not, there's two different types of bankruptcy. I don't know the details that well of the differences I forget, but essentially the equity, the people who own the stock in a bankruptcy will get wiped out usually. And then it's the only people who get compensated when they like sell the doors for scrap is the people lower, higher up on the seniority, lower down, whichever way the preferred stock thing works. Yeah, there's like people who are the bondholders or the debt holders are traditionally paid first. There's a lot of different types of debt. And then the equity holders are paid last. Um, and so you're not likely to see anything if you're, oh, if you're the equity holder and your company really bottoms out. Then the debt holders will take over. They'll have a fight about who gets what. But you essentially usually will be just wiped out. So, uh, okay. Wh who am I in this story? You're the, the equity, equity holder. holder? Yeah. God damn it. Okay. When does it get to a... Oh. so But like a company could declare... Could a company... The progression of facial <laughs> expressions going on. Oh, hold on. If, uh, I just like... Is it... um. <laughs> is, uh, my dreams are just falling apart in front of me. You're, right you gave them money and they spent it. Yes, and they spent it. I had a bit that I was saying that's a housing related, uh, like company that buys houses. I I said I would let them. I would let them. Like I would. Ha I would walk away if they gave me one of the houses. But it sounds like they're not going to give me a house or anything at all. They have no. They have no. Uh, they have no reason or no obligation to give me any kind of buyout. I think, I'm sure at some point in history it's happened where someone has filed for bankruptcy. And this yeah. might even be the 9 versus 11, the different chapters of bankruptcy. Like if they are able to uh, satisfy all the bondholders, however they do that, whether by compensating them or by changing the business plan and convincing them that they're going to keep doing well, and they have money left over, then like you could get cashed out maybe or maybe even the equity just – never truly goes to zero and people hold on to it because they think the company is going to reorganize. Yeah. And the bondholders will like ease pressure up on them because they don't, <clears throat> just like you, the bondholders want to get something back. They don't yeah. want to get zero. And so they may like let the company loosen the terms a bit. So there's a better chance of being paid down the road. <clears throat> so all this is saying that a company can go into bankruptcy, I think without the equity holders truly getting wiped out. I don't know. I've never really dealt much with distressed companies. It sounds like you or distressed people <laughs> yeah. who invest in distressed companies. It's it's very disheartening. Would you say because the job of finance is to avoid investing in those <laughs> in companies? These goddamn companies? It's also the reality of like uh, you know, my experience in this company is is fooling myself and hyping it up in my head of how great this could be 10 years now. I think you got fooled by a fallacy sometimes. Not fooled. That's that's hard. I, I don't want to say I don't want to say that. But, but I uh, think it's you didn't get fooled. I think it's very easy to sometimes associate a good business idea with a good company. Yes. And like that's a good business idea. They may not be a good company. Yeah. A hundred percent. And and do you know what like where <laughs> what is the what is the stock value that you should look at and be like, yikes, we could be in trouble? Like is it did would they declare bankruptcy when they hit zero? Or could someone have You're like, asking if it's ever gonna hit zero as a number no, on the no, stock no, exchange? No, 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 no. I mean like yes, like <laughs> 
is it kind of irrelevant to the stock? It's more of a decision of the company that they have to declare bankruptcy, right? Like, how do you know when your company's about to go bankrupt? <laughs> so, <laughs> can you call my dad, by the way, too? Because I borrowed a shitload of money, dude. So, in general, <laughs> <you> call my <laughs> dad. <laughs> His name is Kevin. Is, he worked in finance. This is another reason I really don't recommend buying individual stock. <laughs> Mr. Morrissey is Mr. McNulty. Ah, oh, another Irishman. Oh, yeah. How are we doing? Zillow. <laughs> Zillow. Let's talk about it, baby. If no one's in financial noise, stress. We maybe, you know, I had to cut something yeah. out. Anyways, we're Let's talking talk about, about Zillow. Zillow. Mike, Zillow is a company that... Um, We've discussed this before. The reason that they are so popular and grew um, so fast and so much is because housing and real estate was a market where information was hard to get. There were lots of gatekeepers. Every market had its own individual way it worked. And it's, at the end of the day, really just a good example of how a tech company can revolutionize an industry by just providing data to people. Um as you might imagine, there's a lot of money in knowing what houses are coming up when and what prices and how all of that works. So um, I watched a wonderful video that I can't remember the name of the guy. So if you, yeah. if you Google Zillow history, it'll show up. Um, but yeah, no, Zillow just started from a simple pain point of a guy was trying to buy a house and he was like, how come I can't search easily for like number of bedrooms and amenities and all that stuff? And the truth was, is it was all behind closed doors because it was very profitable to keep people in the dark. Oh, um, and just like, so they went around, collected something like 14 million data points, some huge 40 million, like some huge number of homes and released it. And within three days they had received already like a million unique visits like it's very clear that this is something that people, people want people want people and the internet want. continued to grow through vertical integration um which is owning more pieces of the home buying process mortgages they i i would assume there is a very select what we were talking about i buying where like zillow yeah. buys homes i bet they've identified a very specific swath of what qualifies a good buy for a company to buy. It's probably mid-tier. It's probably not hyper-luxury. It's probably yeah. also not super low bottom of the barrel. But anyways, like they make the bulk of their money um, through, a, it seems like, listing fees and using the website as like like a Salesforce, right? Like it's a thing you want to, it's a, it's a network that you want to uh, plug into. Um, and so Zillow has just grown. I mean, they, they're over something like $3.2 billion in revenue. They had their Jesus. old, their old CEO came back, Steve job style and kicked it like into a full hey. Like, um, it's an interesting company. They've just like, as far as, uh, you know, going back to my old, uh, MBA days, like it's just a classic, like they built the company out one piece at a time, very intelligently. And the, 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 the most controversial thing though, that they did to the housing market besides making information uh, available was their Zestimate, uh, which ah, is how spicy Zestimate. the house might be. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kid. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Hire me. Uh, <laughs> please. Please. If you did, huh? No, 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 no. So they, they developed a, a Zestimate. The Zestimate, which uh, provided a rough uh, uh, estimate <laughs> with right. a Z yeah. of what a home might be worth. The reason that caused chaos, as you might imagine, 
is uh, if you have an AI starting to spread the information of what things are worth, it creates a lot of chaos in a buying and selling market mm. where a realtor might go, you know, this home is actually worth a million dollars. You go, oh, wow. And be like, oh, cool. I guess I'll pony up a million dollars. And then you look up on Zillow and it's like, how come Zillow says it's worth $600,000? The Zestimate is only 300000 And so all these websites started, uh, like the old guard of whatever real estate essentially was like, fuck Zillow. This is bad. Like, it's also wrong. So then they put out for a while, they did two things. One, they, well, what do you call that? Your uh, margin of error. I forget what that's called. P something. Kevin, do you know what those are called? It's your called margin of error. The margin of error. There's a name you for it. Are you talking about your PE, like your earnings? To no, I I don't know. There's a name for uh, the buffer. I just, the margin of error. You're looking at me. I, 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 there's a name for it. What's the, what's the con- what is the concept? The though? concept is the name of the data point that is the margin of error. There is like a, there is like a, a, a name for it. I don't know. It's it's something I remember it being in a graphing calculator. Yeah. Uh, it was like plus or minus the sum. Oh, one Z. You're talking about standard deviation. Standard deviation. Standard deviation. Yeah! <laughs> Real information. When you said listeners. it, I felt so dumb. <laughs> I was like, oh, that? Right. <laughs> you mean the alphabet? Like something that fucking Did I say, I, No, no, no. Not no. the way you I said heard, it. The last time I heard the word standard next to the word deviation, I was in probably like ninth grade or something. <laughs> I think you were at the doctor. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. So the standard deviation, more like standard deviant, know what I mean? Higher him. Thank you. No, so the standard deviation, the margin of the error. Audience. <laughs> One, two, three. Like plus or minus fourteen percent was Zillow's margin of error mm-hmm. on a housing price. Um, and so they just said, "Look, there's this estimate, plus or minus fourteen percent. Use that." But in the meantime, we'll offer a million dollars to any team that can develop an AI that can more accurately determine. Uh, the estimate of a home uh, after two years, a team, they, I, I think they said there were like 3,200 teams of software developers and they developed an AI that's now the new Zestimate. And okay. it says Zillow is now, I mean, Zillow owns Street Easy and Trulia and Hot Pads. And Do you want to know a hot story? Yes. Yes. So uh, my fiance is infinitely better at me than the job we both had. It's part of why she's still there. Um, <laughs> but she was two years below me and she didn't study any econ or math or anything at all. And so when she first started, one of her first big bonding moments was alone in the gym. There's a whiteboard in the gym in the office. Really? Of me, of going over standard deviation with her. <laughs> Were you shirtless? <laughs> this sounds good. <laughs> no, but I think I was in workout clothes. Uh, and it was like So you were in basketball PM. shorts and a white t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, not even that like baggy purple basketball shorts. They make them <laughs> ugly so you don't take them home. You're wearing a Kangol hat. <laughs> <laughs> That's you writing on the whiteboard. Cigarette, Oakley shades. <laughs> Oh my God! So <laughs> say the word margin of error again. What is this? Uh, it was just like a Goodwill hunting like thing of like she you were tutoring her or she was like I can't I can't crack the standard deviation thing. No, she was like uh, I forget. In the first year at this place, you would go through part of your time would be on the job and part of your time would be learning a lot of the concepts. Yeah. Um, and so it was some point where she was like. I kind of get this thing, but I don't know if I get it that intuitively versus just learning it. Um, and I was like, well, why don't you think about it this way? I kind of, 
I'm kind of weird with math. I love it, but I'm more of like a spatial thinker and I'm, I'm pretty mm-hmm. bad at memorizing equations. I'm pretty good at memorizing, learning stuff my own way. And so I was just going over with her how I thought about it. Um, and, uh, and, did, and anyway, it was just, it was a nice, mo- it was a very it bizarre very thing sincere. to be going on, but it was like a full, we probably spent an hour. We're probably an hour alone in the gym <laughs> and, uh, maybe we're both in workout clothes. I forget. Uh, but it was just us at the whiteboard, like talking and there's a bunch of charts, but you know, the subtext was there and, uh, now we're getting married. <laughs> Math! Math will bring us together! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining like a saying is all. I'm imagining your wedding. Or I was going to say you should say in your vows, math brought us together. It's true. It's also nice that like it's one of the few times she's now just so much more knowledgeable than me about finance. Like I can't exaggerate enough how much yeah, yeah, better yeah. at the job is she than me is than me. So for that to be at one bonding moment in which I at the time knew yeah. more than her is amazing. Hey, hey buddy, that was the last time you were smarter than your wife, am I right? <laughs> she wears the basketball shorts in this family. Yeah. Oh, one more. Pauses when you have yeah. more. Yeah. <laughs> you can pause the applause when you have more jokes. <laughs> yeah, when you have more jokes, I like put my hands up and make Michael the audience, make the audience with a standing ovation to stand up and sit down. <laughs> Quiet! I'm not done. <laughs> I'm not done. I've got more goodwill on dick jokes. That's really funny. That is romantic. Did you meet at this like program? Did you meet IRL? Did you meet on Bumble Hinge? Tinder was, was no, we deal. met IRL. We met at Ooh. a goodbye party for another employee. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. So math truly did bring you together. Math brought us together, yeah. I love that. Math! I won't do it again. You're are you are you a math guy? You're like I taught math. I I, I yeah. very much I very much enjoyed math, but not not like Kevin does. Like I, I got to a <laughs> point I I taught third grade math and loved doing that. I did love I did love I didn't like because you, you strike me as someone who's not, like, anti-math. You just, like, didn't give a shit about high school. I did not give a shit about <laughs> high school. And and I will also say, like, I was very frustrated that I fell behind at a certain point in school and felt very frustrated in, like, high school math that it wasn't... Like, yours, the story you're telling, I loved teaching math because I liked seeing kids being like, I don't really understand this, and, like, being able to do it, like, spatially. I, I worked at a really school, cool school that was doing this UCLA math teaching program that mm-hmm. was like very, very student led, very question based, very uh, visual. So I liked I liked being able to break it down for people. <clears throat> and I like that math is like a puzzle and it's like a problem that you can kind of figure out. It's when it got to literally like even like late middle school, I was like, I'm lost. Can anyone help? And my <laughs> teachers are like, no. Oh, and that I like, sucks. I didn't try that hard. I asked maybe once and they it didn't go well. I don't know. I, 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 I have a distinct teachers. memory of eighth eighth grade. Uh, must have been algebra. Uh, it must have been algebra. Algebra two. Uh, um, whenever I took algebra one, whenever okay. that was, I remember the math teacher being like, "Listen up! <laughs> if you don't pay attention now, you're screwed. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is this the is lit. it. This is it. Like plus minus division." Everyone can kind of do that. Yeah. This is where it's about this is to the take breaking a hard point. left turn. I, yeah. That's so funny. And I she definitely was, was really like, great, but she used to do stuff like she would help kids organize how they wrote stuff on paper. Like she pulled mm. me aside to be like, you're solve, you're starting an equation here and moving it. Like just put it in a line so you can like think. Cause I used to like literally like start an equation and draw a line down the bottom of the page. And like I would <laughs> take, arrow. I would do each equation. I would use an entire piece of paper when I was like 13. Yeah. And she's like, this is just not efficient. <laughs> yeah. 
Kevin, Anyways. did this stuff come naturally to you? Were you like a natural math student? Like, did you like, did you enjoy math like in high school? Were you and a whiz kid? Ooh, ooh, yeah. <laughs> Which called me the whiz kid. Uh, I math was the I was very bad at school when I was really young. I was yeah. a problem child. Was always in trouble and was known as like the dumb kid for kindergarten through I don't Damn. know like second third grade. And then math was the one thing I was good at. Um, I was really bad at articulating my thoughts. Um, but for whatever reason, math clicked, and so I always loved emotionally. It was like this is the thing that I can do. Yeah. That uh, and I liked it for that reason. And then. Yeah, I kept with it. Like, I don't know why. I was lucky. Like, I think I had some good math teachers in my school allowed you to, like, skip the years in math if you wanted to. And so mm-hmm. it just was, like, a fun place where I, f- I – it was my favorite subject. I was yeah. briefly a mathlete at a school I was at. Wow. Uh, competitive? Aggressive? Yeah, I left that school. I was only there for, like, a month, but I was on the mathlete team. It was uh, – it was briefly the time when math was cool in my life, and then Fuck I went yeah. back to a school where it was not cool. <laughs> I just think like you, you do improv too, of like that. I, I like I like the piece about math that I loved about I loved loved doing about improv, and I've I've seen those two things do kind of the same thing of like you're kind of like floating in space, and you're kind of just like grabbing at stuff, and then whatever, and then all of a sudden like something happens, and then something else, therefore something else happens, and like things start clicking together, and it's like the the, the unbridled joy of like being with other the people, climax. being like this is happening, yeah, and I'm I'm climaxing all over the place. Just Can I, I I'll share something real? Fu- uh, I, so I was on the math team for one day. Ooh, uh, I loser. Was, I joined. Well, hey, you're fired. A friend of mine. Uh, maybe you met him. Good old Bud Dixon. Do you know? <laughs> Oh, Bud. Bud Dixon? That's a great yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. It sounds uh, like a fake name. This but is yeah, a fake see, person? I've met I Bud. believed you. Bud, I at least know who he is. Bud Dixon was like the, like in my mind, Bud. is like the ultimate, like, he was on the math team, was dating, like, like, was dating straight tens. And like, yes. Was, but it was also like smoking weed. Like, he hung out with like the cool kids. He had great taste in music. Like, he was showing me like MGMT in like 2009. It's like if, oh, Fer- yeah. if Ferris Bueller could do math. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Ferris, like smart Ferris Bueller, like really intelligent, like on the mat. Great guy. Um, love him. Uh, <laughs> thank you, but I want to be. I buy his house on Zillow. I found his uh, a mixtape he made me in the car once. Oh, uh, we once stole a bottle of whiskey from someone's house and we ran away and listened to music. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I Anyways, I went to one uh, math team thing because I think Bud made me. I was like, oh, Bud's doing it. Like I knew a bunch. Anyways, so I was. You, on thought, you were going to be dating tens and smoking weed or whatever he was doing. Maybe he wasn't smoking weed. I don't know. My feeling with math was always like. When I was knew what I was doing, it was always like in control and fun. But then, if I didn't know what I was doing, oh my god, I would just click into this headspace where it's like I'm either the dumbest man in the world or a total genius. I was looking at an equation that would make no sense to me. Be like, all right, I'm gonna zoom so far out and just be like, well, if X is operating this way, 23. You know what I mean? Just like, yeah, like zoom like so far back into math and eventually you're like you know what put the blindfold on and there's like whip the axe confidently he's right <laughs> you were hoping that happened and i'm assuming it did not happen. it never happened yeah yeah, yeah. that would have been great i yeah i definitely just remember like math shit would be going on my teacher would be like all right we're talking about inductive reasoning and i was just be like no <laughs> you're talking I, about it I, I, I was like i'm not gonna set myself up for failure and try to learn this because I know Algebra 1, that lady must have said the same thing in my class, and I didn't listen. I, I, I fell off the beaten path, for sure. I really, I genuinely believe that 
most people would like math if they had a better experience with it growing up. Yes, like I think it's agreed. a difficult subject yeah. to teach and because it's not in the natural words we understand, it's easier to tune out and to get scared of. And so I especially think people who are intimidated by it like spiral and just shut down. Yeah. And um and it sucks because I love it as a subject. I think it's really just if you think about it like it's just a way to express logic. Yeah. Like sentences express <clears throat> logic. You can do formal logic and math is just one of the ways in which you say, hey, this thing is a good go. thing. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, I gotta go. <laughs> No, but I, I could agree with you more. Uh, but yeah, it's like Brussels sprouts. Like everyone, I feel like had yeah. shitty steamed Brussels sprouts growing up, yes. and were like, "I hate this." No salt. And I feel like bland. if you had it prepared right, you would be like, "Oh, I see why this is great." Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a universal language that we all can understand. It's, it's, it can be a very beautiful thing presented in the right way. I took that journey with mustard. Hey, <laughs> you did. You didn't, didn't you? like mustard growing up? No, I currently hate mustard. Wow, Ken's a mustard freak though. He loves it. One of the only when I was in my problem child era, one of the only sandwiches I would have, I'd make it myself, was just two slices of white bread, a <laughs> no. slice of cheese, wow, and, no. and yellow mustard. That's quite the complex you flavor are the for problem a child. child. <laughs> He's out of control, Steve. <laughs> His mouth stinks. <laughs> I remember getting made fun of for the sandwich in the cafeteria and being like, "I'm either going to give in or I'm going to stand by <laughs> make this my thing, stand my ground, stand my ground." And I, I stood with it. I put the mustard on the outside. I my best my friend, fingies. my best friend JJ, came over to me and he was like, "I'm gonna take a bite of your sandwich." Oh, <laughs> he's like, "If you're doing it, I'm gonna do it too." He he's still like my best loyal friend. He's amazing. He how did it go? Do you like it? He ended up liking. It. He's like, "This is surprisingly good." Really? And he was like, "I'm never gonna tell anyone I like this sandwich, but I do." <laughs> We're going on such a tangent. We gotta we gotta get the show oh, back sorry. on the rail. No, no, I, I'm saying you're doing amazing. I'm saying that because I'm about to say something as. <laughs> What we're talking about. I have a good friend who is like 1986. <laughs> yeah. So imagine, no, it's 1776. Ben Franklin is horny as hell. Uh, I had a good friend who was like, uh, I was talking about my love for peanut butter, and he was like, "Oh, dude, get me a get me a peanut butter and cheese sandwich any day." Have you ever heard of this? No, but I will try. The, like, I like trying stuff that I don't expect to work because. It's all upside. He says, yeah. He, yeah, he's like, it works. And I was like, you think about like apples and peanut butter, apples and cheese. Like, I, like, I, I can kind of see this through line happening. I have there. I, I think I mentioned this on the podcast. Are mustard, we, I'm so sorry. Mustard and cheese. I don't see it, but continue. Well, I, I'll say this. I Something happened at a certain point. I think it's when I was vegan that like my fear of food that isn't meat or like fermented went away. Yes. Like this idea of like. Oh, ew, mustard and vinegar. Like suddenly my brain was just like, oh, they're, oh, they're, I mean, they're safe. Yeah. Like I think for some reason I thought vinegar was not like, I thought it could kill me like as a kid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The way it tasted like mustard, I'd be like, ooh, it tastes like poison. Like... Do you know what I mean? That is, that's still how I got to feel. Know. It's like it's like poison. <laughs> it is. You, you worry that like it could kill you. Like I think there's some part of your brain that like processes like this food is moldy mustard? or dangerous. Just like the the part you, of do your, you feel this way about mustard? I I don't. I famously do not like mustard at all. Wow. I, I don't like the I don't like pickles either. I don't, you don't like, like vinegar. Yeah, but I, I yeah I hate salt and vinegar chips. I love I like vinegary. That's one of my favorite just flavors. Is in it? General. I put raw mustard i mean not raw raw from a bottle into a bowl yesterday and just dipped my chicken into it and was just eating mustard i I thought you were gonna say you dipped your pickle in no because i sometimes do mayonnaise and those stuff (laughs) a bowl of vinegar with a spoon Mm. (laughs) yeah i'm i'm a big mustard fan 
Well, and I, one of my soulmates, it was either my wife or Kenny, said it to the other day. I was talking to someone. Wait, you keep like, saying wife, and then sometimes fiance. <laughs> I know. I, I don't know why. Like, I got engaged, and I just like I barely ever refer to her as my fiance. I just like for some reason I say my wife. I think it's like fun. Okay. I, yeah. I don't know why. She's not my wife. Um, she could be one day, but I don't know. We'll see. But I uh, think I, I cut you off some, something about mustard. I apologize with no, my I've, vinegar spoon. I've given enough of my views on mustard. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I was what I was saying was, <laughs> I'm sorry, you were like Kevin. What huh? did you say? What did you so say? What I was saying, <laughs> one of one of my soulmates, my fiance or my my friend Kenny was like, it's 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 annoying to hear people be like mustard and, and pickles are the same. Like it's one thing to be like. It's annoying to be like, I hate pickles. It's like, do you hate like bread and butter pickles? Do you hate dill pickles? Do you hate those like little teeny tiny pickles? Because like, I love like, and mustard's the same thing. Maybe you don't like a spicy Dijon, but you might like a Heinz yellow. You might like a So one of the weirdest mustard. things about I love me mustard. is I don't like most fruit. And I feel like wow. when, when I say this, fruit. when I say this, it inevitably goes the specifics. This is a difficult take. And so, and so, no, no, I'm, I'm not defending it. It is an irrational thing that I latched onto as a child. And I used to be fruits and vegetables. I got over vegetables. I love vegetables now. I love and I vegetables. think they're easier to get over because they're more neutral flavor profile. There's something about the texture of fruit of like the mealiness that it can get to mm. that it is just, it grosses me out. And yeah. I don't like this about myself. I've always been like, is this the year I make my resolution? Tying it back to the beginning of the episode, like a writer would. Oh my! Is this the year that? I- <laughs> Let's go! Is this the year I get over my fruit fear? But it's never been that year. And so you know what, listeners, I'm saying this right now. I'm gonna make this the year that I try more fruit. What really? What's the What's the number one? Uh, this is a whole new podcast. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's restart the episode. What's the number one? What's the your most controversial fruit that you? What's the fruit that you don't like that most people like? So the one that is the if most surprising apples, is it, not <laughs> even. So the fruit that I like. Banana, as you can guess. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, we we have not even addressed on here that Kevin brought a first Santa hat with banana arrived bread early with a Santa hat and a loaf of banana bread that he just baked. Very and it was very fucking good. All we're, we're, future guests, listen up, listen up. <laughs> yeah, bring fucking sweets. There's this thing's barely in there. If you follow us at the Paper Jam Pod on Instagram, you can see the banana bread in the photo that we're gonna post. But anyway, you like bananas? I like bananas. I can. I will have apple in things, but I don't like it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then I like the flavors and juices of other stuff. Like m- most people say, this doesn't count, but I like citrus. Like I like lemons. I like limes on stuff. And then I'll like flavored of various fruits, whether you know, in an ice cream or in something else. But I've never had, <laughs> to my knowledge, maybe it is a kid. I've never had. Most berries, like blueberries, that's wow. blackberries. I understand hammering berries. I uh, you don't understand what <laughs> shit? What are you talking about? <laughs> I understand that berries have like weird seeds, and they yeah. It's uh, like why would are... you grab a handful of berries? I do get it. And so yeah, I think when I was a kid, I was like, I I think that the food that comes in packaging and was sort of made in a lab in my mind was yeah. clean <laughs> yeah. and yes. safe, and I understood it. Yes. And the fruit that came from like whatever field, I don't know where it is. It gets on it. a yeah. cart. It gets hot. It's dirty. It, I don't know how it gets to me. <laughs> that was my flip in 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 veganism was the being like, oh wait, like Cheetos are weirder than an apple. Yes, that was my like. Yeah, radical- and I'm now intellectually there, but my heart yes hasn't hey, fully internalized it. Have you you live in LA now? They have great uh, great uh, farmers markets in New York too. But like, uh, are you hitting the farmers market out here? 
Fruit, no, fruit here is next level. Fruit it, here is really good. It makes me it makes me feel like I was being gaslit by fruit on the East Coast. <laughs> no, I noticed that with avocados, technically another fruit I like. Um, but I like the way you're technically specifying. Like, technically, I'm not saying any. I'm not. I'm not saying anything on paper. I'm not but I'm that all right with avocados. No, no. I no, the technical is about it being a fruit. I love avocados. I just when I tell people get bananas and avocados, they're usually like, "Can you shut up? Like, can you oh. name a real fruit?" Mm. Um, uh, we're not fruit Nazis here. I, I feel like that's aggressive. For but no, I I, I like that. the juices of them, so I really should try. I've bitten into humor. My fiance Kate, like I've bitten into a watermelon. I've bitten into things and been like, yeah, I can see why people like this. I just don't want more than a small bite right now. I feel like the way in which some people who've never had sushi may, like, mm. you have to dip your toe into it because it's that's me. I've never had sushi. Yeah, um, and there are different levels to like weirdness, and I feel like that is true about fruit. But everyone yeah. is so used to fruit that are not they don't think about how some fruits Wait, just you know, seem like a much raspberry. Weirder. It's like this thing is fucking hairy. Go no, to the I don't Asian want market, a, get a rambutan and get nuts. Yeah. No, but you are right. I, I didn't like sushi really either. And then uh, my my fiance loves sushi. Tied you down. <laughs> Tied me down and fucking put a fucking salmon roll in my mouth. No, we went out and I was like, I don't know really a huge sushi. She was like, does this come out? And she was like, honestly, I straight up love like crab and cream cheese rolls. Like grab, get, we'll get a fill, a crab and, just crab and cream cheese. Then I'm eating that. And I'm like, well, this is pretty good. And it's like, well, let's throw some cucumber in there. And it's like, okay, well, now let's get a little avocado. Like now let's get some spicy tuna. Now it's like, let's like lay a, lay a piece of tuna on top of your, cr- and it's like, then you slowly start being like, all right, this shit's pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. The I, fruit scene, I, I understand what you're saying too, of like, you need to wean in. There's a good yeah, way to get I, in I'm there. also like, I'm adding rational structures to something which is ultimately an irrational issue. I just need to plow through Right, it. that's called being a man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shove it down, shove it way down. I, I, I have to back up the train just for a second. So- Ignore the specific candy, but like, do you like fruit flavored candies like Starburst? Or do yeah, you? Yeah, I love them. And also, I can't believe the time you literally backed up a train, there was no sound effects. The audience is getting like annoyed. We keep every week, we're like, we really got to get some new sounds. Like, I think the audience is starting to be like, dude, enough with the clapping, the horn, the <laughs> elephant noise, the rim shot. Uh, I the, wish we had a train. So, we should so get a I train. Like, I like fruit flavored. Oh, yeah, obviously. I don't think of those as fruit. And so, I mean, right, this is really detached. Like, okay. I love the flavor blue and anything that it is. Oh, sometimes okay, okay, it's okay. Whatever fruit, sometimes it's something else. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, because if you did like fruit flavors, I was about to say that is extreme. Like, but not liking physical fruit, I guess I understand. Physical fruit, yeah, a good name for a podcast. So I'll write it down. Physical, physical fruit. fruit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Last question Are you on the smoothie train at all? Do you like smoothies? Blueberries are great in smoothies. Blueberry banana. Yeah, I can have a, I can have it in there. I'd prefer it without it, but yeah. I will have it in there. Um, it's not my the mental block is not that it can't go down my mouth. It's more like I don't want to <laughs> chew on that. Yeah. Well, I also love I, <laughs> I want to chew on that. I also love fruits and vegetables too. But if you look at my house, like I often don't buy them because they go bad. I, I put the, a big changer in my life. We've got to move on. This is my fault. It's derailing. <laughs> uh, when I found out, I was like, I like making smoothies and stuff like that. And sometimes I'll pre-pack them and put them in my freezer. I'm like, but it's not good. And I looked it up and it was like, is it bad to eat frozen berries? It's like, no, frozen frozen blueberries are sometimes even better than fresh because yeah. they were fresh at one point. They're frozen. They keep all the same nutrients. It's it's good for you. Eat frozen fruit. Mm, that's interesting. Frozen at the peak of freshness. Yeah, oh. physical, physical fruit. Ken... 
all of this, all of the, everything you're saying, I had this exact relationship with seafood. That is, that is my category that oh. I just am like fish. I, I, uh, yeah, I play fresh halibut. And Boston's can? a real sea town, huh? I, well, let's keep moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, in, 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 uh, in 1776. It's definitely not awkward that all of my family loves seafood and I just avoid it. Oh, you hate seafood. Uh, yeah, Wait, still? I, you're saying it's my subject like you're making forward progress. Yeah, are you, what the hell are you talking about? I have, I have been experimenting in the same exact way. You're, like, literally everything you're describing with food. I don't want to hear about your sexual experimentation I with yourself. I have been slowly <laughs> working my what's way your sexually. Intro? I know we have to move on. What's your intro fish? My intro fish was fish and chips. That was like, oh, that was a, the That's a base. perfect entry. Yeah. My brother moved to London, and we went to my uh, fiance, wife, whatever we want to call Whoa. it. Either way i'm getting hotel rooms offer (laughs) (laughs) no uh she is uh irish and uh, she spent a lot of time in ireland in her youth and she was like we're gonna go to like a what do they call that a chip chip fry fry place i forget what it's called there's a there's a chippy chippy yeah there's a colloquial name that's what it is chippy uh and go get fish and chips because like that is good if you can deal with this we'll like we need a baseline to work from and so good fish and chips because i grew up i know why i know why i hate seafood yeah it's because my fucking laps catholic dad was just like let's eat fish sticks <laughs> and just they were so fucking gross uh, my dad is dipping them in tartar sauce mm. oh my god i feel like a great progression cheap ass like, fucking shaw's lobster that my dad be like i don't know i bought it was cheap it's just like the yeah. grossest like i feel like you go fish Fish sticks, tuna fish sandwich. Then oh, you go to. Oh, I love tuna I fish hate sandwich. The smell. Oh, I, I love we it. Gotta we gotta move on. on. We gotta you move on. You love the smell of tuna I love, fish. I love this one, but I love a tuna sandwich. Kevin, are you pro tuna or no tuna? Hey, hey, I'm now pro tuna. I used to be anti. We're talking about tuna salad. Because oh, yeah, I yeah, love yeah. tuna overall, but the salad oh, is the most controversial. I love tuna salad. Throw that mayo and some the, celery uh, salt in there. Tuna, one of the, one of the bigger <laughs> issues, though, in terms of food, like both problematic from an environmental point of view and also mercury. Like yeah. a lot of issues with the tuna. Yeah, but it's not good. To but it's so tuna. good. I, I also just like I, I, you're such an amazing guest. As you're t- saying this great thing, I just imagined you being like your fans being like, "How is the investing podcast?" You're like, <laughs> "We're talking tuna salad, right?" Like, is that it? <laughs> I love. I like my chicky salad with walnuts and grapes. (laughs) You you also you keep like we need to move on. Is the moving? Are we making a hard pivot to Zillow? No, we gotta get our money out of Zillow. We're bombing here. We can't make it out until we get out of the zone. Hold up, hold up, hold up, Mister. All right, Kevin, I'm gonna kick this to you. Connect tuna salad to Zillow. Can you do it? Yeah, I think that. Tuna salads or something. That <laughs> hold up! 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 Take your time. Do it! Do it! Do it! Do it! So tuna. I watch you say it over the <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got it. I All was right. gonna say that apartments that have take, been take on it the again. Mo- take it again. <laughs> okay. Tuna to Zillow. Ready? Go. <laughs> Transition us from tuna to get to Zillow. Don't don't let the don't let the drums overwhelm. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, am I supposed to do it on that? Over the drum roll. Okay, I'm sorry. No, you're not. You have no reason to be sorry. This show fucking sucks. Explaining. I feel like every time I've ever heard the suspense roll, it is the lead into the thing. Yeah. No, we wanted no, a two-minute we drill. In my mind, mind, were you hearing this too, Mike? The... Wait, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is it not helpful to just play the sound effects it's, and stare at you? It's so loud. The tuna fish sandwiches. <laughs> no, fuck. It's too overwhelming. I'm holding buttons. You were trying to... I was trying to play myself in. You were doing it and I was getting stressed for you. You have to push that like, thing hard. I can't... Oh, yeah, you got to jam it in there. You were talking I was like, I can't even think straight. It's so loud. Get us from Tuna to Zillow. Any way you can. Oh, God. What do you think? Can you do a word association, get us to, from Tuna to talk about Zillow? Uh, yeah, you were saying earlier, like, it's crazy that apartments in New York are <sighs> move so fast in L.A. also. And I'd yes. say that if apartment, just like tuna fish sandwiches, has been around for more than three days, don't trust it. Fuck yes. You heard that? <laughs> it's time to find out what happened with the cash. In three days. All right. Oh my God! Kevin <laughs> was doing that I saw you reaching, and I thought you were gonna put the drum roll. I was like, "Leave him alone!" I'm not gonna do that. I'm not an asshole. <laughs> uh, you're an asshole, but I'll talk about that off pod. All right. You guys ready to find out what happened with our money? Sure. Yeah. Quick yeah. bet. Upper. Do you think it went up or down? Down. 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 Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say up. It, the the housing market's you, been really you, crashing. Oh, you look at the housing market. I think of the S and P. No. Uh, oh, well, that's that's guess we'll find a out. smarter way to do it. Let's find out. Last week, our money was in Airbnb. We ended it with $6,186.08. Then we invested it in Zillow. And after a few days, we have gained $149.98. Hey! Bringing us to $6,336.06. Hell fucking yes. I love this. That's Zillow's awesome. just making money and growing. That that's as simple as that. Vigo shows what I know. Invest in single stocks. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, you might want to back we, out. We can, <laughs> we, on our Instagram or on our website, you can see that we track what's happened, and it's just been it, the money's been going down. Like a hundred and sixty dollar win is nice every once in a while, but we invested in AMC and lost over a thousand dollars in like three. No, days. it's great. almost all your companies I think are in the S and P five hundred, and so. We For like the hot, you like, to be popular going down that much while the S and P is up this much is like it's really. You can look at the data if you want. Uncanny. Just up and down, good volatility. Oh yeah, yeah. Big time. But, but it's as simple as that. I mean, it's as simple as I just took your water. I apologize. It's empty, but <laughs> <No worries>. uh, <laughs> I drank it too. Uh, no, it's it's really as simple as Zillow is doing well. I mean, um, housing prices they said are are going. Are rental prices are dropping. I, I think are they? I fucking hope so. Mine, my rent went up. I think <clears throat> in general, it, will this always be true? I don't know. But uh, <laughs> Zillow owns a huge piece of the housing market. Mm -hmm. And as long as the housing market is around and Zillow is the controller and the network and the platform, like Zillow's going to do well. Like Zillow has a lot essentially to lose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like as long it as it is Z a marquee, you know, when you hear about like invest in, in industries that, you know, aren't going anywhere, it'd be hard for Zillow to go somewhere. This piece of shit company that I've invested all my money into that thing could go somewhere. But Zillow is, at the end of the day, a tech company. So yes. don't forget, it, it, like, housing will always be around. Will Zillow always be around? Who knows? Zillow is a tech company. If you draw the comparison from MySpace, Facebook, like, if something better than Zillow shows up and it's easy to jump platforms, like, Zillow's gone. Yeah, that's a good point. But as of now, Zillow is doing a good job because they offer, they're just growing and growing. They're offering, they're just essentially... Like a good company strategy, monetizing more pieces of the same 
you know, market. They're vertically integrating. They're now, you know, helping with they are build out a suite of tools, uh, a, a suite of tools for real estate sweet, agents and sweet. realtors and mortgage people and buyers and investors. Like they're just offering every piece of the, you know, experience. Hell fucking yeah. So and Zillow, if, you're, if you're asking yourself, Mike and Kenny, should I invest in Zillow? Our advice is always, we don't fucking care. care. Well, you lost money. I'd be sad. Yeah. Now, 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 gang, I have something to tell you. We've got one final little segment. It's been a while since we've uh, like done a game, and I think the soundboard is actually a good tool for it. Oh, are you ready for this? Can we do a transition in the game? Zestimate that flick! Hey! I have looked up movies that begin with the letter Z, and I want <laughs> you to zestimate how much they made in total at the box office. <laughs> God, they are not adjusted for, for inflation and from a wide variety of times, <laughs> but we're playing prices right rules here. All right. One of the at the at company I worked at to get people interested in betting and like forward markets, we would pick movies like blockbusters that were coming out and make a market for like how much you thought it was going to make an opening weekend, how much like over the summer of the internship and stuff. Uh, it was a really fun game. So it sounds like well, Kevin might have an edge. Yeah, I also. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I was really bad at it. And like most, it, it's kind of a bunch of people have no idea what they're doing trying to make a market. Yeah. But it's fine. I know there are some platforms that tried to do this. Like there is at least one or two companies tried to make a stock market essentially for film releases. Oh, yeah. Where you'd bid on it in advance and do real money. That's I, the whole website, isn't it? It's like bet on real things. It's a lot of like politics and shit like that. There are. So there are betting markets for a lot of things like yeah, that. There yeah. is one that specialized just in box Movie office box revenues. Office. Uh, but there are a lot of outcomes markets where you bet on whatever you want. Like who's going to win the Olympics? Who's going to yeah, do yeah. X, Y, Z? It's funny. Have you? I'm assuming you've all read something like Save the Cat, that book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think it's it's fun to continually. As like one of my final projects at uh, at my grad school was I I read all these case studies about um, movie companies and film distribution, all that stuff. But like they were just like the number one rule is that like you can't like the only thing that helps you predict if a movie is going to be good is like you have to know like art essentially. Yeah, but like it's hard to like be like well if you have. Gwyneth Paltrow and this director, theoretically, yeah. it could be like, essentially saying it's, it's more complicated, but you can do it. There's a, a person I know who works at VC who's talking about it all the time. He's like, actually, movies have the same percentages as like biotech investing. So, I mean, yeah, you're thinking about acquiring talent, putting teams together. God only knows what can happen. Like baseball, baby, moneyball. Yeah, baseball, baby. Jonah Hill. Anyways. Jonah Hill. Sesame Netflix. All right. All right. <clears throat> Price is right rules. Whoever gets the closest without going over. Not adjusted for inflation. The first movie, can you tell me how much total gross this film made at the box office? Zombieland. $2.3 million. Zombieland? <laughs> um, uh, Isn't that the movie? That's with, the movie with uh, uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, and oh, yeah. Woody Harrelson, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think it made two million dollars <laughs> well, uh, in total? Let him do it. <laughs> I is like so. I don't want to tell. I want to tell a very funny story. We oh we, we we went to when I, when I was like twenty one. Mike and I were in Boston, and we <laughs> we went to a liquor store, and we asked our friends, should we buy a lot of liquor or should we buy nice liquor? <laughs> 
and they said buy a combo. And so we bought a bunch of 30 racks and yeah. we bought one bottle of Gentleman's Jack. Oh, yeah. And we told the person behind the counter that we had just <laughs> oh, sold yeah. our company and we were celebrating. And she said, wow, how much did you sell your company for? And I, I, oh, it's the same exact thing. Mike said, $1 million. <laughs> and I said, that was the offering, Mike. We definitely sold it for like $20 million. And this was like, okay, these dumb fucking kids also did not sell it going. I also, worst story, it was like, I was watching Jurassic Park one time with a good friend of mine, who's now a good friend of mine who works in the film industry. And we were watching, I was like, this movie is so fucking crazy. He's like, I know. It's like, I wonder how much this movie fucking costs to make. I was like, like $600, $600,000. <laughs> And so the rest of the movie, like, oh, I love you, Mike Morrissey. It would I cost love you. so much fucking money to make Jurassic Park, not six hundred thousand dollars. I'll tell you this: oh, movies God. cost like but how much it's they just make? how much they it's make. So much more than you could possibly imagine. I said two point five. I, I just said, said chicken stick with two point five. Remember, highest without going over. Yeah. So Kevin could blow. I have it. a strict. We, we have to alternate who goes first. So I take yeah. two point six. Okay. That's you fair. take 2.6? <laughs> well, I'm looking with the numbers, man. I also, I just guessed that's that one. I was like, okay. I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. Respect, respect the player. Like, no, he he wins win the game. He's coming he's to win. He's like 100% sure it's more than 2.6, <laughs> but it's definitely You got less. the over. But, 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 I mean, you got the under. But, what if, but, but it can if it's under. Think about how happy I'll be then. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, my honest answer would have been like with those two, because they got a sequel and it did well. And so That's true. I did not know they had a sequel. So I'd imagine it's like at least 50 or 40. If I want to be under, I'll say 40. I think I'm going to be comfortably. Say 2.6. Ladies and gentlemen, it is 102.4 million dollars. I did not see that movie. Okay. In hindsight, 2.5 is a little low. I I heard that and I was like, I have no fucking idea about this. So I'm just going to throw a number out and work, work, work my understanding of this as we go. Budget for the film, $23.6 million. Okay. So 2.5 would have been a disappointment. (laughs) That is what you're trying to say. Next up, Zero Dark Thirty. Ooh. Uh, Chris Pratt was in that movie. Uh, I'll go first. Let me go first because it's better to go second. I love that. Uh, Yeah, that one... I feel like I, we got a lot of buzz, but it was also kind of artsy. Like, actually, no, it was whole, it was like rah rah America because it was the Osama one. So I bet that one, I don't know, I'm going to go with like 80 million, not 70 million. Uh, let's go 100 million. Mike, <laughs> you take this one. The total was 132.8 hey! million. Wow. This number is global, so it's everywhere. Next up, Zoolander. Ooh. Panned the review. It was panned. It was panned when it came out. It was a panned oh, movie. Oh, yeah. This is one that I bet is just the golden age of the DVD. Yeah. So I don't know how much box office it would have. Uh, Maybe I'm, I'm just s- trying to get in your head. I go, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to block you out. I'm too nervous <laughs> now. I'm going to say $45 million. I'll go with 60. Oh, Kevin snipes it. Hey! 60.8 million. Wow, Ooh, damn. With a okay. budget of 28, so it made a, a good return. Yeah. Uh, ben so said it was panned in an interview I heard. Next up, Zach and Mary make a porno. Zoolander 2 was panned. Was it? Yeah. <clears throat> Zach and Mary make a porno. Kevin Smith film. Kevin Smith. Peak. Famously high budget. Really? No. Oh, I mean, it, it was peak peak Seth Rogen fame, and the first time I saw a Seth Rogen movie that I saw, I was like, well, that wasn't very good. Uh, but Kevin, you're guessing first. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm going to yeah. go low. I remember I saw it. I didn't even think I saw all of it, and I was in the demographic for people who would. So I'm going to go with like, 
I know, 10. Yeah, let's go uh, 10. Uh, I keep going way too low, except for the last time, which was great. I mean, <laughs> which is great. I love that. I'm going to go 23. Ooh, Mike gets it, but you were both off by about $20 million. It made $42.8 million. Wow. They didn't have to like Zach it. They just Mary had to buy the tickets. I think, I think. Zach and Mary make a hit. That was very funny. That was good. You know, Seth Rogen was in it. <laughs> It's Kevin Smith. You look at the poster. The poster literally says Seth Rogen and Elizabeth Banks made a movie so titillating we can only show you this drawing. So they were really going off the fact that those people were famous. It was so underwhelming, though, wasn't it? I'm glad you. Like, I remember. I was like, yeah, I, don't I, think like, I, I am the key I really demographic like, here, and it's not great. Yeah, I really like Elizabeth Banks. Also, I love Elizabeth. Banks. Like, I like Seth Rogen, but I I really like Elizabeth Banks and everything that I've yeah. ever seen her in. She's so funny. Got two more. First off, a penultimate one. Zorro with Antonio Banderas. I knew this was coming for the second I heard the fucking rules of this game. I love this. I'm choking on banana bread. I love that movie. <laughs> okay. Do you? So uh, I'm going to give you a hint. This movie has made more money than any of the previous films. It was so good. I was also a target demographic. I was a kid when I saw this. It was I was doing the whole Z thing for oh, so long fuck after. Yeah. <laughs> Banderas. I'm such a big Spy Kids fan. Uh, is it my turn to go first or you go first? You. I'm going to say $160 million. And are we tied at this point? You're tied. Oh, wow. So Jesus this one's... Christ. It's for all the money, except we have one more after There's this. one more after this. Oh, never mind. So I'm going to go... The tiebreaker is Zoolander, too. <laughs> Ken. I'll go 100 and... I'll go 175. How much do you say, Mike? 160. Wow, guys, it made $250.3 million. Antonio. I was talking to Amanda the other day. I was like, how much does he make for these fucking awful Puss in Boots movies? Okay. I'm so, I want to see the next one. Do you? I haven't seen all of them. I haven't seen most of them. I don't know if I've seen I didn't any know you were such a big Banderas fan. <clears throat> I'm he's, not, a, he's a I, Shrek Universe guy. Oh, yeah. I'm not even that in the Shrek Universe. Something universe. about the marketing for the latest <laughs> yeah, Puss in Boots is good. It's struck a chord with me. Like, have you seen the previous four? I mean, it's crazy living in Los Angeles and seeing every movie poster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love that because I always forget what I want to watch. Like, yeah, I'll that get, is true. And it's nice to be reminded of, like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen that. I should check like it out. A billboard or like a bus station it's like yeah. you want to see puss in boots aid yeah i also love the i love the idea of the shrek universe which is eight. which is mainly just shrek and puss the SU. boots the s the su <laughs> it's like shrek puss in boots and like maybe like a donkey mini episode on like a dvd menu okay got it yeah all right <laughs> this is like our longest right. episode ever if no it's, it's i don't think it is maybe who cares yeah, it's long but keep going all right kevin yeah mike Mm-hmm. Yes. If Mike gets this one, it's all tied up and we go to a tiebreaker. But if Kevin gets it, he wins. The movie is Zootopia. Ooh. And I'm going to give you a hint. Mm. It's over $500 million. What? Huge international appeal on that film. Yes. yes I've watched yes. it twice, once. <laughs> once. Well, I intended to watch it. Another time, it was like the only thing that was working on a plane, but I was still happy with it. I straight up love that movie. I don't even remember what it's about. I just remember watching that movie and being like, this movie <laughs> slaps. It's a great movie. It's great. There's got to be a sequel to it. There it is. over half a billion Zootopia. dollars. Zootopia? <laughs> uh, what's, what do you think is better? Zootopia or Zootopia? Zootopia? I'm going to say I don't think either of those are your <laughs> yeah, best yeah, work. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's fair. Zootopia 2, you think that's good? Yeah, that's pretty good. 
But the two is smashed in the middle. Um, okay, so it's over 200,000. Zootopia, Rise of Zoo. No, Rise of Doom. <laughs> Rise of Zoo. All right, um, who guesses first, me or Kevin? I do. Kevin right. does. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, you got to be careful because I am going to just do the over. Yeah, yeah, I I'd be, I'd be, I'd be phoning it in and faking it if I didn't. So I'm going to go with uh, 900 million. You can take that over. Oh my god! I can't take that over. It's a billion dollar, billion dollar. Yeah, am I gonna fucking say this is a billion dollar movie? I'm gonna say, uh, uh, <laughs> fuck you, fuck me. Uh, I'm gonna say nine hundred nine hundred and one million dollars. Wow, Ooh. Mike, it's good you took the over. Zootopia total gross. One billion dollars! Wow. Wow. Billions and billions and billions and billions. One billion twenty-four million dollars. Fuck. Wow. At the box office wow. total. Wow. Kevin, thank you for coming on the podcast. Wait, if Mike No, got no, it, no, there's a tiebreaker. Holy smokes, I didn't oh. do the math. You All right. Fucking idiot. <clears throat> Kevin did the math, he knew right away. What are, what are the stakes? Uh, loser. loser gets <laughs> winner gets to kick the other one's ass. <laughs> Do you ever play butts up as a kid? The game where you throw the no, no, but I like the sound of butts it. up. The game where you throw the ball against the wall, and if someone loses, you get to peg them from behind with the ball, like <laughs> and the, the punishment for losing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> all right. We well, let's play butts up rules. I kind of hate when so the, what, the, whoever loses gets hammered in the ass. Whoa! <laughs> as soon as I said that, I was like, "Wow, pegging means something very different than it did." Yeah. Loser has to have that black expo marker shoved up their ass. Is that? <laughs> yeah, okay. Pegging is when my good friend Peggy gives you a kiss. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's my pegging. All right. Uh, no, it's glory, honor. Yeah, yeah. All right. Zoolander 2. Unless you can think of a different Z movie. I can. Three. What uh, is it? <laughs> I thought I could. Um, um, Okay, I thought was, one was going to come to me much faster. Xena uh, another Z X. movie? Oh, Xena. It's with an X. Oh, fuck. Um, it's really Xenon, Xenon, the Xenon, what's her name? Xenon, no, Xena the Disney. Warrior? No, no, not Xena. No, Xenon was the like aliens? A, a Disney Channel original movie. Hmm. Xenon, the girl of the 21st century. Oh, and the rock star, the pop star? No, she's like, it lives in the future. Yeah, yeah future pop star, isn't that is her Is she a pop thing? star? I don't know. This is uh, this is peak yeah, podcast. This is, yeah, this is good stuff. All right. I was looking for the name of a film. I finally found it. The movie is called Zardoz. Zardoz. <laughs> Read the description. It's a Sean Connery movie, I believe. 1974. So we're adjusting for inflation Pre here. or post Jaws? Pre or post Jaws? I I don't know when did Jaws come out. Is that like a film history question of how many people go? Nineteen seventy five. Nineteen seventy five. I'll, right. I'll share my rationale after. But, uh, okay. okay, I'm going to give you one clue, and that Mike's very first guess on this podcast <laughs> for the movies is in the general ballpark. Okay, cool. I'm going to say eight hundred thousand dollars. Kevin? I'm going to say $900,000, and I'm going to walk out a winner. Folks, give it up for Kevin McDulty, the winner of the pod. Zardoz made $1.8 million in U.S. and Canada rentals, according to Wikipedia. Zardoz. Well, 
Make sure you go to patreon.com slash the Jam pod as we're going to videotape myself peeling my pants down. Oh, no, no, no. just Lord. ramming me with the tennis This is ball. a family show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oops, I'm sorry. Um, Oops, I'm yeah, sorry. Got that out if you want. The old marker jam. My, my, my Jaws thing was I heard a fun piece of movie history that maybe is not right, but that the movie industry was very much based on like the French art films and stuff like that. And everything was one way until Jaws happened. And Jaws was one of the first movies to ever make such a large amount of money that the industry changed of like, holy shit, like movies cannot just be like a replacement for a play. It can be like a multi-million dollar investment. Like since Jaws, movies have changed completely. Holy smokes, box office of Jaws. Four hundred and seventy-six point five million dollars. That's crazy for that time. Too. I don't know if that's total because they also re-released it recently. Yeah, but still, damn, amazing. <clears throat> well, Ke- Kevin, thank holy you for being the podcast. Kevin. Can I, I? You've been so impossibly generous with your time. I, I, I really, really appreciate it. I hate to ask one more question, but I was uh, <laughs> so just tuna salad. We wouldn't we wouldn't uh, celery in there. No. Um, so what, I was so excited to have you on the show. Now that you've done an episode and you've seen it all, you've seen it start to finish, having just a slight background in the finance world, does this make any sense? What you're doing? What this is, yeah. So, or do you, you, what like, do you, any, you're saying this trading strategy or the approach to trying to learn about finance? But, um, let's say the approach to try and learn about, uh, uh, like as a podcast, does this thing make sense to even fucking exist? Um, <clears throat> I think that, I think that is a way to learn something in general, like, just start doing it, especially if it's paper money, is yeah. good. I think that uh, if the goal is more to continue learning about finance versus enter- doing an entertaining thing, yes, then I would say like probably a year and a half is enough of this thing, <laughs> and then you can learn about finance through other means. Mm. Yeah. But if your goal yeah. is to keep having an entertaining, fun thing. What if thing, we tried it for another year and a half? Yeah. The, uh, so for instance, one thing that I think could be really fun yeah. is to do this practicing what is being preached to you. And so mm. a lot of people are saying, hey, invest in the S&P. At least I'm saying that. It sounds like other people yeah, have yeah. too. Um, and, you know, maybe if you're going to hold bonds, also just hold an ETF of like a big liquid bond market, like a very basic thing. Um, and doing that doesn't mean there can't be fun events that teach you about the economy of the world. So for instance, if you were holding the S&P this week, like there was a Fed meeting they hiked rates by 50 basis points and talked about next year. Today was retail sales came out for last month. And both of those things had very direct effects on the S&P as a whole mm-hmm. and the markets as a whole. Um, and so I think there's a version of this show that you could do. It's still enjoyable for someone who knows nothing about econ, yeah. which is, hey, we're holding the S&P, we're holding 90% stocks, 10% bonds, whatever the mix is that you want. And like each week you're going to talk about the event that happened that moved it. Because each week there usually will be at least one big thing that happens that affects it. Um, And then I feel like that also could take you from having the section of the podcast that talks about Zillow to a section that's more like, you know, about what happened. Yeah, what happened with the Fed? Why'd they do that? Or why is this thing in China affecting stocks in the U.S.? Where would you find that information? That's the biggest thing I always am like, all right, I'll research the market and come in. I'd like to come in with some tidbits, and I just don't even know where to start. So um, one place I'd suggest – so, yeah, there are papers. Most of them are premium to read, though, is the issue, like Financial Times – in Bloomberg, but you can do, there are different apps and places you can go. Trading economics is a very basic one I'd recommend for tracking how markets are moving. And they also have a really good feature 
that's like a calendar and you can filter for low, medium, high importance events. Mm-hmm. And if you just do only the US and only very high important events, it'll just give you a list of the things each week, like the Fed meeting today, yeah. um, that will be important. And then even just like Googling, hey, the Fed meeting, what happened and why does it matter? That will help a lot. And then I think uh, being able to talk about that and contextualize it more, literally just the Khan Academy section on economics will yeah. help a lot, like in, in interest rates and managing an economy. Um, I think that could be really fun. Whether or not it's a good podcast, I don't know. I, I've never made a podcast. Yeah, I have yeah. no experience in it. But I think that moving to the world of holding the indexes doesn't mean you have to take all the fun out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, what if we invested in Hess and talked about how the trucks were white and green? <laughs> or, we, or we invested in Zillow and talk about tuna salad for 20 minutes. <laughs> God, Kevin, uh, aside from all the finance stuff, you're just such a fucking funny guy. It was it was so much so much fun having you on the show. Thank you so much for coming out. Do you want to plug anything? Do you have you, you write st- really fun stuff? Do you have anywhere like people like on your Instagram or something that people can find stuff you're doing, your shows that you do? <clears throat> um, pretty much so. <laughs> This will actually be a good forcing mechanism. I have a thing yeah. called the Morning Bagel, which was like a – it is a finance – it's like reductress for finance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I try to make it accessible for someone who has no interest or knowledge about econ or finance at large. Yeah. But it's mainly an Instagram. It was originally like a website. And I haven't done that for a while. I've been focusing on writing these some samples. But I'm going to start doing that again and try Hell to do yeah. like a weekly cadence of like an article and a headline that goes with it. You got uh, three weeks before this comes out. Two oh, weeks. nice. Yeah, so there will be some great start. stuff. The morning bagel. Uh, you wake up with it and uh, you go to sleep with it. I love that. You should also do some, well, you don't live in New York anymore, so it would be great if you also every once in a while just like did a story on your Instagram of bagels. That's just me giving my feedback. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that though. Well, guys, check out The Morning Bagel. Ken, anything else I'm missing? No, thank you for doing the show. Kevin, it was great having you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is really fun. Fuck yeah. I love it. Well, guys, thank you so much for, for listening to the show. I um, hope you had fun, and we will see you next week when we invest in something else. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the Paper Jam Podcast. New episodes come out every Thursday. Also, make sure to follow us on social media at the Paper Jam Pod or shoot us an email at thepaperjampod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you like what you hear, check out our Patreon where Mike and I post bonus episodes, videos, and other sweet, sweet content for you to enjoy. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. That's it for this. Audio.